scientist looks through the telescope, yes? This telescope has a certain amount of different lenses that make the illusion that the stars are closer. If you looked at it from afar, the stars haven't moved closer to the telescope so that the scientists can see them, but the telescope facilitates the stars appearing to be closer. Yes? There is not one time... So there's a, the telescope facilitates something, but let's say the mind is like the telescope, the conditioned mind. And let's say consciousness is like the scientist, yeah? So the scientist is looking through the mind, the conditional mind, yes? Let's say. The conditional mind does, it, it denies its sense of being the telescope and it tries to take itself to be the scientist, yeah? In other words, the telescope now believes it's looking through the scientist and seeing things, yes? Now, the telescope has claimed that being conscious as, it, as an act that it's doing. Yeah? So all there is is consciousness, but the, 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 the telescope, here's a scientist looking through the telescope, the telescope has gotten behind the, the, the scientist and now thinks that it's what's conscious. Yeah? So the telescope is now what, what it is, what actually saw through it, has now be, been called an act that it does. Yeah? So consciousness, which is what they, some circles, they say consciousness is all there is. So the consciousness is looking through this camera, yeah, the body camera. It's looking through the body camera. Part of the body camera, it has a brain. Yes? And it has a conditional mind. Yes? It's sentient and this and that. That reaction to the consciousness by the mind is that it tries to put itself in front of the... So here's the camera, right? And what you are appearing to be is always in front of the camera. It's always in front of the... Whatever you want to say. That, and I'm calling the camera consciousness. That consciousness, yes, is always behind what appears in it. So here's a body that's appearing in consciousness, but the body's brain says... I'm the one who's conscious. Yeah? So the appearance tries to put itself in front of what's real and turn what's real into a verb that it's doing. Basically. Yeah? So, yet, nothing that appears in front of the camera can ever appear behind the camera. Yeah? Nothing that is projected by the camera can ever appear behind the camera. And that is the sense of feeling like you're an authentic self. So whatever occurs, there's a point where the mind will try to say that it's behind the camera. I'm the one who's seeing this. I saw the truth. No, that's always in front of the camera. No matter how many statements that it's... And the statement may be this or that, but there's an implied feeling that it's you. An authentic you that's seeing the truth. All there is is truth seeing. But in this interpretation... The you says, I'm seeing the truth. Yeah. And it, puts, it tries to put itself behind the camera, and I'm the one that's looking through the camera, instead of the cameras looking through this lens. Yes? 
So we'll, here you go. Like we said last week, and I like this too. I'm seeing, yeah? Uh, there's an act going on, seeing. So how we say it is, I'm seeing you. Yeah? So I'm seeing you, 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 like 11 years here. Now, if I went to you, the same experience is happening, or the same activity is, and you would say, I'm seeing. And I would be a you now, to your eye. Yes? And then the same thing. You are a you to me, but now you're the I, and I'm a you to you. Yeah? So here it is. But if you look at what's actually happening, all there is is seeing. Yeah? There's seeing happening through 12 different locations. Yeah, in time and space. This little camera tripod. So the seeing is looking, yeah? And it's seeing an object, you. Now, the mental reaction to that is, I'm seeing. I'm, as an object, is the subject. Yeah? So the object takes itself to be the subject. The subject or subjectivity is I'm seeing. The I, I. All there is is I seeing. I seeing, I hearing, I feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching. Only every every event of anyone ever seeing, hearing, feeling, it's the I that's doing. Yeah. So here's the I. So I go, okay, I'm seeing. And if you ask yourself a question, who's that I? What would you usually say? The first thing, me. Yeah. yeah. So there's the I seeing. My reaction is, I'm seeing a claiming of that. If you ask the thing that claimed it it would say, that's me. Me is this. And me is basically a you, a body. Yeah? What I call you, what I see as you as a body, I'm thinking what seeing you as a body is me as a body. Yeah? Totally taking out consciousness out of the mix. Yes? And taking consciousness and making it a verb that you and I are doing here. But we're the true subject. Yes? The object... That's being seen, because you're seeing the truth, which is a you, and I'm seeing a you, but when I, when I, <laughs> when I look at this you, I call it me, and I let itself subjectivity. I say, me, I'm what's seeing. I'm what's looking. Like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. So what's looking in every one of those events of seeing was I. Or I, I, if you want to call it spirit, conscience, whatever. Yes? I see. I, 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 I see. Yeah? So what's looking is I, and what you, as this, yeah, called a me, when you're identified with a you, when you're identified with a you, it's me. <laughs> this me is what, what's looking is the you or the me looking for. Wait a minute. So, I'm a you that's looking for what's looking. Why can't I find it? Okay, so here we go. I'm going to start looking for it. Alright, I'm going to start looking for what's looking. What's looking here, man? What the fuck? Where is it? Oh, not knowing that this event is what's looking. You're in the middle of the witnessing of what's looking. That's it. Wait a minute. That's me. No! That's the misidentification. It's truly I. I is the what's looking. Yes? Wait a minute. That's me that's looking. That's the identification as self. 
Self is a feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a body. Yeah? So when there is a reaction to the conscious contact, which is I'm seeing, I seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, my mental reaction is claiming it, yeah? I'm seeing as if I'm the subject, and then if you ask it to name it, it says it exactly right. Me, meaning this. Because what is a me but just an identified you? When I look at you, that's exactly how I hold myself, but I call it me. When I think it's, I'm looking at you, I'm seeing a body. Yes, I'm calling a body you. That's exactly what me is. I'm calling a body me, which is just an identified you. I'm not identified with this you, but I'm, I, I'm identified with this you, and I call it me. That's the act of being identified. The root cause of the, all the dilemmas is identification as something you're not. This is the activity of it. You're looking now, yes? You think it may be you. But the pure rawness of looking is the I. It's consciousness. It's not the I. Because if you've seen a dead body, the I can be perfectly suitable to facilitate seeing, but it's not seeing anything. Because something, the spirit or the eye, has vacated the premises. There's no one behind the telescope looking anymore. Now the telescope is exactly what it is, an inert object. It only becomes, quote-unquote, alive when the eye fills it. Yes? What's looking is what you and me and this and this are looking for. So while you're looking for anything and everything today, that's what's looking. What's looking is the I, no matter how many opinions you have about what you have been looking at, what's looking is I, or spirit. You understand what I'm hopefully getting it through? The I is representing the, the pure subjectivity. The me and the you are pseudo-subjects. Yes? They're objects that have been anointed with subjectivity. By the mind. The mind has said, I'm the one that's seeing. Yeah? But obviously, the I, when it says, I'm the one that's seeing, it's a you that it believes is what's seeing. Yes? And you, you're identified with that one you, so you call it me. Thinking it's different than this you, and this you, this you, this you. And never, never, never will this you get behind what's looking and be doing it. The you, the body, this, will never become the doer of what's looking. It's what's looking is prior to all the appearances, every appearance. Look at this, like Wang Po said, an old Zen master said, whatever can be perceived cannot perceive. Yeah? This you that I call me is not the eye that's seeing. So where do you need to go to, to, to entertain what's looking? Nowhere. As long as there seems to be an interpretation of the you that's looking for, St. Francis was just trying to save us time. He says, I know, bro, you're running around looking for something, but what you're looking for is what's looking. What you came here for, you came here with. Wait a minute, what the fuck? I thought I was here shopping. No, 
What came to the store is what you'd like to leave with when you go. Then why do I need to go to the store? Well, that's what's that's what you're doing because you're not doing it. Yeah? It's just going to the store. You immediately think that if I woke up, then I would stop doing certain things. Who's saying that? <laughs> That's again trying to become rele- relevant where you have no relevance. You and I are never going to be behind the camera. We are a projection of light. We are not the light giver. We actually are, but not as this. Yeah? It's so beautiful. Because every moment then, the invitation that seemingly we so sorely need is being offered every second that you're alive. Because the only thing that's allowing anything to be entertained here is the consciousness of this. Not the body, not the eyes, not the nose, not the brain. You can have a perfect brain, you take it outside, it's an appearance. It's not subjectivity. It's an object, yes? So we were talking about recovery. You know, obsession with self. And what I was trying to say before, when... No matter how much I loved Coke, I never thought I was cocaine. Yeah? There was always a distinct difference between cocaine and me. No matter how much I did it, I never like try to lay in a bindle or do anything like that or try to get up a straw or something like that. It was just, there was, this, there was a line that never was really crossed. Coke, I really, I love Coke. I want to do it all day, everything, but I never became Coke. <laughs> So, that's the, the length of an obsession. But I'll tell you something. There is a much bigger ball game going on. Identification as self leaves, leaves obsession in the dust. Because you actually, what you're obsessed over, you actually believe is you. I mean, that's gone way off the charts. Yeah? You think it's difficult to deal with an obsession. There's no way you'll even know that you're identified while you're identified. Unless some grace occurs or you hear a message from outside yourself, there is no way in hell what's identified will ever recognize it's identified. Without grace or a message or an invitation. It will just be assuming that this is me and the I will be demonstrating itself every moment and it will just be claiming it. I'm the one who's seeing, feeling, tasting, touching. And then getting totally wrapped up in all the mental opinions and the dualistic interpretations and, and all the meaning giving your crazy mind will give things. And then you all that will be on display. Your attention interest will be absorbed in it and it will be as if you were never anything other than that. Even though they say God is everywhere, you won't have any sense of bumping into it. Yeah? <laughs> You'll be in a special gated community called somewhere. Your little porno theater up there. And you know what's fueling the whole movie? Is I. I, I. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Yet the mind has made it into a horror movie. That's how it plays God. It takes the machinations or the functioning of quote-unquote God here and it claims it and then it gives tons of meaning to things and it plays God with God. 
Who tells you if you, if you know God? You do. You know, maybe you have a condition that if you do a month-long retreat, you'll be closer to God. So you'll probably have a mental experience in a sense that you're closer to God. But really, the closest God you've got is self. And you're obeying every one of its dictates. It's called reliance on self. True reliance on self is that when you rely on self, self plays God. It just distributes meaning to tons of stuff. False evidence appearing real. How could false evidence ever appear real? It can only appear real to you. Yeah. Have you ever tried to convince someone else that some of the false evidence that's appearing real here is really real? They have no fucking idea what you're so worried about. They say, hey, take it easy, bro. Help someone else. Praise Jesus Christ. Rule 62, don't take yourself so seriously. Come on. Jesus Christ. Because they have their own little distribution of meaning. They have other false evidence in their noggin that's appearing real. So we're in our own little movie theater in a sense, yes? Because my false evidence will not appear to be real to you, and your false evidence sometimes will not appear to be real to me. Yeah? So it's a very small God playing God in a very small theater. It can't bring about what it's occupied with here. You can be worrying all night and day about next week, but you can't conjure it up and bring it here. You cannot override this day with a mythical day that you're worried about. It's impossible. So it's a really meager, weak God, but if it has your interest and attention, and the only way it can have your interest and attention is when you believe it's you. When, it, when you believe these thoughts are about you, you're keenly interested in listening to them. <laughs> you see it, don't you? When someone else comes to your house and talks about what they've been thinking all day, you're bored stiff in about five minutes. You have total immunity to what's driving them crazy. Why is that? Yet you don't have immunity to the same thoughts in your head. Because in your head, the hell is yours, or about you. In the other person's head, you, you're, you're not holding them as yours, you're holding them as theirs, and you have an immunity to them. Why? Because you just don't fucking have much interest in them. Your attention and interest is just distributed to one thing and one thing only. You. You're keenly interested in that. Yeah. See it. I always use that old thing with the girl in the other room and I maybe I have some plans for her, you know, which I haven't revealed to her yet. <laughs> like I wanna you know, marry or have a kid or whatever. You know the mind is just been incredible shit up like that. So, but I'm holding a lot of meaning to it because I think she's going to save me or somehow or another. There'll be tons of little meanings that make it really important, you know? Really, juice it up. You know, like, would you really miss someone unless you thought they were going to save you on some level or not? You probably wouldn't miss them. But because the mind will say, they could save me. And then, if you don't have them, then you really miss them. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So here I am, sitting here, doing this talk, whatever. But I'm interested in listening to what this lady has to say. Like, she, you know, she could be talking about two different billion people, but I'm thinking she's going to say something about me. It's called self-centeredness. Yes. <laughs> extreme, extreme. Everything pertains to you. you know? So I'm thinking, this lady's, her whole night is based on me. She's going to say something to her friend. 
So I'm listening really keenly, trying to stretch through the walls and everything. People are here saying, hey, Paul, you're supposed to be doing this talk. And I'm totally in agreement, but I seem to be powerless here. Because the talk doesn't have as much meaning as this person has. Yeah, I fucked the talk. Sometimes I'm, but this, this could save me. Yeah, yeah, oh, man. No to this, yes to that. <laughs> the only thing is, this is actually happening, that ain't. But hey, that's what most of our lives are based on. Saying no to what's actually happening and yes to what's not happening. <laughs> so, there I am. And so finally she says something. And if some guy comes and lays a book on me and says, read this book. And says, how to stop listening to conversations in another room. You know, I'm page to it, but I can't see. Fuck it. I'll get to it later. Suddenly I hear she says something. And it's, it's about a guy named Matt. Yeah? Now, my name is Paul, so immediately, as soon as I hear Matt, what happens? My interest is disengaged. Yeah? I really could care less, unless, unless I see him as a threat. And then maybe I'll be interested in what she says about Matt. But my interest and attention immediately gets dismissed from that activity. I don't have to take a workshop. I don't have to go on a retreat. It just immediately comes where? Back to here. Immediately. Like that. Now, if you can sense this, that you can hear someone share the same thoughts you have that you're taking so seriously, and when they share the same thoughts, you're like Solomon, you have a lot of wisdom about it. You've got to see that it's not the thought. The thought is just a conveyor or a vehicle. It's the identification as a thinker or that the thoughts are about you. That's where all the meaning gets injected. It comes from you, not from the thought. You're injecting meaning into it. And how it's injected is the claiming of it, or the owning of it, or the having it. So a thought is never held as just a thought, because if it was, it would move out quickly. And it wouldn't even lose, most of them wouldn't even leave a footprint. It would be as if they never came. But because it's about you, it's sort of like, it pulls, that self-centeredness pulls it into an orbit. And now those thoughts are given, stretched out into time. They're given time. Yeah? They're given a long duration. And that thought can come back every time it orbits. You know, it's like a day and a night. There it is again. There it is again. There it is again. And on and on and on and on. And it's not like, oh, please, please, relieve me of these thoughts, which are mine. No. It's maybe entertaining, they're not mine, and that's the relief. If the act of identification is the active bondage to the idea of being a self, yes, it would also behoove us when you realize I'm not that, that activity, that would be the antidote to the bondage to self. Yeah? And it's just a simple extraction of the mind. That's all. And it's not an activity. You just entertain the possibility I'm not the thinker of these others. And they're not about I, they're about me. They're about me, as this, yes? Definitely. But they're never about I. The I of spirit, a thought cannot capture. They're always about me as this. Yes? So if you're entertaining, I may not possibly be this, you start having immunity to all that which reinforces it. Yeah. What happens? Your interest and attention, once you entertain it's not you, your interest and attention is withdrawn, and now it starts, I don't know what it's going to do. Yeah? But it's not going to be enslaved anymore. Yeah? And then maybe, instead of like we were talking the other night about the mind always wants to know, but really life is about finding out. 
So when that interest and attention is disengaged from selfing, you're going to find out what it's like to have your interest and attention disengaged from selfing. You can't know about it, but you'll find out as you travel. For me, I call it traveling lighter, because that's how it goes. I start traveling lighter throughout the, whatever the terrain or the geography of my life entails. I just travel lighter over it. And the only thing that changed really was the camera or the light always precedes the body. Yes? The I is not the me that is derived from seeing a you. It is not that. Yes? And never, never will it switch where it becomes that. It's always going to be seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Never my seeing, my hearing, my feeling, my tasting. The my is an afterthought to the recognition of the conscious contact. All there is is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. The mind's reaction is to claim it. That's what it says. So now it's you seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And as soon as there's the claiming of it, then your old conditioning injects meaning to what you see, hear, feel, taste, and touch and tells a fucking story about you as the central character of a life. How's it working out for you? If it wasn't you, you'd be bored stiff of it. Seriously. <laughs> if, it had, if it didn't have the quality of being you, you would be bored stiff of the representing of life all day by selfing. It would just be, she'd be yawning. Just, Jesus Christ. It's like watching, they had a show that we saw in a movie theater. Where did they start start showing TV commercials and movies theaters? How did that slip in? You know how it just sort of, first it was the $10 mark will never be crossed. Now it's like $10.25 or $10.50. And now you go there and they call it First Look which hopefully will be your last look. And they start showing all these TV shows that are going to come that year. Fuck! I paid ten twenty-five for this torture? So they had this one about my generation. <laughs> and it was, all, it was all a story about these yous and me's. They got cancelled in one, one week. They spent... <laughs> You'd be bored stiff. I saw it. I was bored in the first look. I have no interest of ever, ever seeing the first show of my generation after that first look. But, if you believe, it's like if there was a, uh, you know, a, a marquee, a movie marquee outside this church, and it said, uh, The Life of Paul. Yeah? I bet you about 80 Pauls would show up, with the hopes that it was going to be about them. And maybe a couple girlfriends who went out with a Paul to be right about how fucked they, those guys were, whatever. And so here we are, but I'm the only one it's going to be about. So I got, and I locked the doors, because immediately, <laughs> they're, they're thinking the jujubes are fresh. As soon as they realize the movie's not them, they're stale as hell. This place smells, the popcorn sucks. But before that, oh, everything's great. Yeah. I'm really interested. Oh, yes. So here it comes, the movie's going to start. Everyone's on their... starts, and everyone, the interest starts quitting as soon as they, it dawns on them, it's not about them. Yes? They get fidgety, they want out. I'm totally absorbed in it. Okay, Paul's going to ring. Give me my fairy princess. Oh, yes, this is a big moment. They're like, oh, Jesus. Ah, you know, the jujubees suck. Everything that seemed to be so great sucks. That's what it's like. 
if you, if you are not what your mind's obsessing over, you will lose interest in the act of obsessing. Just like if you live with someone, you could see their obsession and you'd probably break the relationship off in a day or two. Wouldn't you? Oh, I made a fucking big mistake. This lady talks about a cat nine hours a day. Oh, it's going to have cancer next year. It's not next year yet. It's not, you know, what's not happening? But the same thing is going on here and you're totally up the ass of self. What is the difference? One, it's about you, and the other, it isn't about you. Could you imagine if you saw the self as if it's a stranger? You would lose interest in it. I'm telling you, it's not virtue or anything. You would just lose interest in it. And its only value is its, its extreme non-deserving of any interest. It's the same old, same old. The only thing that keeps it enthralling to us is we're identified as it. Yeah. It's not about, oh, I've got to stop thinking about myself. That's a thought coming from self. Yeah. Every time it's presented in a voice that sounds like your voice, which isn't your voice, it's just from the vocal cords of this body. How the hell did it become your voice? There must be an act of being identified as the body to claim a sound produced by these things in the net going as my voice. Every one of us is so preoccupied in like spiritual seeking, but we never question who the hell is seeking. If you're not that which needs to seek, maybe there's no need to be seeking. Nowhere you need to go. 
If you would just chill out, you'd hear a lot better. And then when you heard this sound, it's like wrapped in silence. Yeah? And you get the sense of that note would reverberate into the silence. And you get a sense of the silence while you're hearing the note. Instead of your attention totally into the note and forgetting the silence, you would have some of the attention would recognize the note, but a lot of the attention would be on the silence. That's actually bringing about the note. Without silence, you would never hear anything. Just like without this space, there would be no appearances. Yeah. I'll do that thing I love to do. Because here's this chair. You have the chair. I like this one. I'm stuck on it. So here's the chair. Let's say it's been here 40 years. A lot of important answers have sat on this chair. A lot of incredible deals have been done with this chair. And you see it here. Yeah. And now I'm going to move the chair. So if I move the chair, and I have to move any space back into where the chair was. Did the chair take up any space? Did it move some space away so that it could take it up? Yeah? No. And once it's moved, if you didn't have a memory of this room, would you know that there was ever a chair here? And the only place that the effects of the chair would be would be on other appearances. Yeah. It would be on the rug, maybe. If it's been on the same position, the same rug for 40 years, there'd be a dent in there. Or it may be rubbed up against a piece of furniture. So the only effects the appearance of the chair has is on other appearances. Yeah. So you and I can affect each other as an appearance. You can hit me, I can hit you. Yeah. You can get your heart broken, I can do this and that. Yes? So here, appearance and appearance affect each other. And, you know, the chair, you smash the chair. But appearance with space has no effect on the space. Because when the chair was there, when I moved it, it was as if it was never there. The space, I didn't have to go to the other room to get some space, did I? It was just, yeah? It was an appearance in the space. And the only effects it has is on other appearances, the floor and this. What's the difference between the chair and me? Or you, as a... What's the difference? If I, did, if I went to my hometown and where I did the most heinous act, there would be no marks in the space that I ever did anything. The only way you could know that, hold on a second, is uh, through memory. Yes? I'm using space to, yes, mind, not space, meaning, oh, there's particles, and yes, space is mind. So, in a sense, this has no effect on space. Just like sky, it can rain, but it never gets wet, the sky. The earth will get wet, yes, but the sky doesn't. Planes fly through it. They don't call up the terminal and say, hey, I ran into a big piece of sky. Yeah? Fourth of July explosions don't rip the sky open. The sky is what allows all these appearances to appear in it, but it's not affected by the appearances that appear in it. Yeah? I would say that's what our nature is like. We're like the context 
Yes? That's allowing all these appearances to appear in it. But like Jesus says, we're in this world of appearances, but we're not of. Yeah? So we're in this world, but we're not of it. We're in, seemingly, appearances, but we're not of appearances. We're not an object. We're not a body. We're not a thing. We're no thing. The no thing is the I-I that's looking out of every one of our little heads. It's seeing. That's its nature. Yet it can't be seen. It's as if, it, you know, the eye, my eye can see a lot of things, but it can't see itself while it's seeing, yeah? Unless it gets a reflection and can see it. But in the act of seeing, I can see all this stuff, but the eye can't see itself, yeah? So the eye or spirit is like that. It's subjectivity and subjectivity alone. It can never be noted as a thing, yeah? So for me, it's, never, it's not about knowing the truth. It's about a recognition that I'm knowing from the truth all the time. Everything is coming from the truth. The truth is not an object in my, my relationship with objects as a subject. There is no truth as an object to me as a subject. It's recognizing I'm not the subject. That's truth. Yeah. Once that occurs, then... What's looking is noted as what you're looking for. Because now, this, which is, let's say, an object, hasn't taken itself to be a subject. Because once it takes itself to be a subject, everything is cast into an objective role. Truth, enlightenment, yes? Spirituality now becomes something you're going to do to get for this subject. So once an object takes itself to be the subject, everything else is cast into being an object. That's why what's looking can't be seen while you're looking for it. Yeah. While you're looking for it as a you, the, the what is looking can't be seen because you're looking for it in a conceptual way as an object. You're thinking, I'm going to get the truth, and the truth is going to set me free. Like, I'm going to get a sandwich, and then my hunger will be released, you know? It's like the truth is like a sandwich. I'm going to get the truth, and it will set me free. The idea of I'm not what thinks it's bonded to me is the setting free. Yeah? I'm not what believes it can be bonded or free. Yes? Because it does both. It believes it can be free and then bonded and then bonded and free. I'm not that which can be bonded or freed. That to me is the freedom. Yeah? And it's not something that's a conditional that can come and go. It's a, it's a constant state. Yes? All there is is that. It's not, it's now taken out of the whole idea of I can be connected and disconnected, I can get close to it, but then if I don't do something, I'll be far away. All that is just interpretation. It's all selfing. But what you are is what you are, and that's that. What is appearing to be me here can never get behind that and make that a verb that it's doing. Yes? I am not seeing. The body is not doing an action called seeing. Seeing is that, yes? The mental, the mind tries to put the body in front of the seeing and claim it as a verb it's doing. Yeah. I'm conscious today because I did this and this and this, and then I can be unconscious if I don't do this and this and this and this. 
That's taking what's always so and, and interpreting it as a condition that you can produce by doing or not doing. It's really a bastardization of what's happening. Yes? The, uh, the chair thing? Yes. That, that's the basis of emptiness. But it's not complete because that's the essential nature. The human being has awareness. The chair does not. So then the essential nature is like a mirror that functions because it has voidness. That's just the primeval of the original mind. That's what you're saying. But human beings also have capacity. That's the mirror's ability to reflect that which is in front of them. And in addition to capacity, they have, human beings have energy. So the appearance or the manifestation of the empty space carries a, 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 an incumbent function in it. And that's the, that's the, the body of, of this body, this projection. So that the primal nature, the essential nature, is ultimately the truth. But it has a trickle-down theory right down to ignorance. So ignorance is enlightenment, and enlightenment is ignorance. I just wanted to make that small distinction. I'm very happy, Zen Mark, that you're here. We've missed you, but not that much. I'm missing you less and less as, as time goes by. It's, it's, it's not easy, that easy to get out of the quagmire. I don't know, like the chair is, you know, it's not quite that simple. Well, it's as easy as you want it. It, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. it, is, it, is, it is actually very It is just that. Yes. yes. And yet, the capacity for reflection remains. And the, the capacity to become enthralled with the energy of the reflection remains. So, seeing the truth as knowledge is not enough. It has to be a living experience. Yes. Well, let's just say the mere, the uh, reflective ability of the mind's nature, yes? Okay. It's a two-sided mirror. When there's an identification as self, it's, be, it's made into a one-sided mirror. And you take yourself to be the back of the mirror, and then you're, all you're doing is reflecting this back, and that's called the loop of self-importance. But the mirror, that ability of mind to reflect, is two-sided. So at the same time, this is being reflected. At all times, that infinity, infinity is being reflected. Thank you. Yes. Now you have released <laughs> So that's where, in a sense, while you're here, some of our attention goes this way, yes? And, but what it usually occurs is it swings around and it hits the opaqueness of the back of the mirror, which is identification of self. So it's stuck in this reinforcing and the enslavement to the idea of self, yeah? It's, but if there can be an entertaining, I'm not that self, then the opaqueness is dismissed because you've given it all the meaning. And it's really a two-way mirror. So now the attention is going like this, yeah? as you're living and where and really you can just say it's like that but in a dualistic thing it's going out which is the tendency of this place of appearances and the appearances are like flypaper they try to attract your mind and then you get involved with them yes as real solid uh, ability to have an effect on you 
But the same attention, while that's going on, is the freeing aspect because it's looking into infinity. Yes? So we're not saying this isn't happening. It is happening. This is the functioning of this place. But this is always or never happening. Yes? Unfettered. So, but if there's the identification as a body, it's the, it's the one side of the mirror is painted black, let's say. No light seems to be coming out, no sunlight of the spirit, and you take yourself to be that. And that's the loop of self-importance. So now your attention is enslaved into reinforcing and amplifying the idea of being a self all day. And there's no break because you look for spirituality as something you get out here, which only feeds the identification. Now you become a spiritual person. But there's never an escape from this. But when, if you question the idea of being that self, and that and that there's whatever, let's say grace, then that opaqueness is just an illusion. It's just, it's been made up by mind. Then the attention is, breaks through that loop of self-importance and sh yeah, 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 yeah. That's a feeling of traveling lighter, really light. Yeah. That's right, we're all like constipated right now without interest and attention. It wants to take a really big dump, but it can't. Because it keeps becoming you, in a sense. Ah, I just like to be relieved from this self. But no, it's got to constipate. And now it constantly takes X-lax and shit like that to get some false relief, instead of just taking that big shit. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> and just like when you take a big shit, especially if you're traveling, you haven't taken a big shit for a few days, there's a huge amount of relief. The whole body that you've been bitching about and complaining just had something blocking it. And once it got dismissed, it was, oh, yeah. Yeah. So. It's just, uh, it's just an imitation. It's not a draft or a conscription. That's what the mind wants to make out of everything. Oh, I've got to do this. You don't have to do fucking anything. You really don't. But this is just a simple invitation. And I found by entertaining it, See, we've been entertaining a lot of stuff that's just not true. It's really false evidence. And yet we can make false evidence. We can, by believing in false evidence, we can have a production of a sense or a feeling in the body now. So we can make something out of nothing, really. You can be worried about next week you're going to have cancer, and you'll have a physical and an emotional and a nervous reaction now in the body. That's an incredible miracle worker. I mean, I always go to the story of Lazarus in the, in the Bible because Jesus brought him back from, brought him back from the dead, from dead. But that at least Lazarus was once alive. We're making something out of nothing all day. We're producing mental anxiety in an imaginary field of possibilities. They're not happening. Yes? It's an incredible, Unbelievable thing, but can you imagine that same ability to entertain if it was turned on to entertain something that's quote-unquote true? The amplification of that ability to entertain the truth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Any questions? It's true that it's, it's being 
yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. If the attention or this whatever, the ability to reflect, is reflecting a self, a body, that's the opaqueness of the mirror. That becomes like narcissism. You get absorbed in that reflection. Instead of seeing... Yeah. Yeah. All right, well...